0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm so excited to have our special guest, Dara Sen, for today's podcast. And today we'll be talking about how to discover your niche. We'll be sharing her top three strategies in uncovering your niche. And I'm excited because Dara is also part of our speaker uh, selection for the Women Thrive Summit 2022. So you get to hear from her, her incredible story and what motivated her to go into direction of health other women discover their niche. So, Dara, hello and welcome to today's podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Raimunda. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so honored to be part of the Women Speaker um, Showcase coming up this Friday. Yes,
0: and the Women Thrive Summit this month. Yes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So,
0: I want to hear from you a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and just give our audience a little introduction of yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Dara Singh. I'm a former journalist from Yahoo Finance. I've written for Sina and other outlets. But last year, I got this inspired idea where I was like, all right, I'm always interviewing people. Is there a way I could use these skills for the greater good? And then I got this idea of going into coaching. Um, I did some freelancing writing on Upwork, and I was helping someone repurpose her past experiences for her dream career. Then I was like, you know what? I think a lot of people out there are missing the value of their existing life experiences. And I can do something with this. And then I hired a coach myself and I became a storytelling coach. That's exactly what I do. I help people. I dig deep into their story and I unlock the clues to their niche.
0: Wow. And I know this is a struggle for a lot of people to find their niche and find, I guess, their magic. When when we look at ourselves, sometimes we don't recognize the gems within ourselves. So as to finding your own niche to start with, before we get into kind of your top three tips for, for the ladies to uncover their niche, what was your journey in
1: discovering that this is something you're epic at? It it was very accidental. If I, if years ago I told I would tell you how everything is supposed to play out, that would have been impossible because it's truly once you take the first leap that things start flowing unexpectedly. I was working in a bank, commuting four hours in a given day, and I knew something was off. I didn't know what, but I was like, you know what? I can't be sitting this train for four hours. I like connecting deeper with people one on one in a non-superficial way. So, how can I do that? And immediately journalism came to me or I'm like, all right, Journalism is the field where you see Oprah, you see Lisa Ling, they do their thing, they meet with people one on one in like such an unbiased way. They get to know people and I'm like, I want to be that. But I don't know how." So, then I quit my job out of the blue. I spent 8 months putting together a portfolio to become a journalist eventually got into my dream school became a journalist started interviewing people and you know as i was doing that during the pandemic believe it or not a part of me got really burnt out and i was just like all right i need to i need to figure things out where how can i use this passion that i have to get to know people on a deeper level and make obviously monetize it, but also make a bigger impact. And so I hired a coach. I got certified as a coach myself. And I launched my first business of interviewing people and helping them discover their story. And in the process, I realized that I was helping them discover their niche. So there you go.
0: Wow. So you went on your own sort of discovery journey of what makes you tick? Because a lot of the times... We know what we enjoy and sometimes we have these skills that we are good at but underestimate the value it has for somebody else. It's very, very interesting. So if you were to give some tips um, for our audience today, what would be some of your tips in helping others discover their niche?
1: Of course. So first of all, I'm going to tell you guys, I have a treasure chest full of tips. So I'm going to give you a sample today, but for the rest, you're going to have to attend our Women Thrive Summit in March. So number one is this is the most overlooked place to find your niche. Observing what your family and friends come to you all the time. I know in the world of business, we're like, don't do market research calls on your friends and family. I get that. I kind of agree with that too. But if your friends are always coming to you for relationship advice, and let's say they're recommending their friends to come to you for relationship advice or or career advice, they might be like, I think... This person is a good, you know, individual for you to talk to, to get career clarity or to get relationship clarity. It may just point to the fact that that's maybe your calling. Maybe you're just naturally gifted at relationships, career, etc. cetera. So start paying attention to what people are coming to you all the time. I think in my personal life, I was always editing everyone's emails. In my family, I'm known as like the writer in a way. So whenever my dad, um, my parents are from India, right? They can speak English and they can write pretty well. But I think especially my dad with the grammar part, he needs my help. So I'm like, wow, I'm helping him a lot (laughs) writing these emails, you know? So then I pointed to kind of going down that journalism path a bit.
0: Wow, interesting. Yeah, because people do come to us for certain advice and that could be just some clues to what you're good at. What do people actually see in you that you may not see yourself? And some things that might be just so easy, because like I said, sometimes we just overlook because it sounds easy to us. Like, hey, I could do that in my sleep. Well, that might be the gem that you've been looking for, for your specific niche. And it's this challenge... I've spoken to so many people especially multi-passionate entrepreneurs who would say I just you know I don't want to niche myself
1: into one area what do you think is a benefit of actually finding your niche? Yeah so I'm sure like yourself Ramonda, like are you multi-passionate can I ask that as well? I have always been multi-passionate and I
0: never wanted as well to just pigeonhole myself into one thing because I feel like, oh, I'm always evolving. I'm always, you know, I don't want to just be known for this one thing.
1: Absolutely. And I am with your pain a hundred percent because to a lot of people in my own life, it was like, why don't you just pick one thing and stick with it? When us as humans, like you said, we're supposed to evolve. So one of the things advice I give for multi-passionate entrepreneurs is, Instead of looking at niche as being restricting, think of building a house where you need a strong foundation, right? You can all if you can master a strong foundation and then build on top of it, it'll be much easier. I started with the foundation of storytelling, right? Giving tips, this and that. When I started getting noticing, I got noticed by like this top influencer who I get referrals from, right? And When I was doing that, then I'm like, all right, this is good, but this is starting to get just slightly, just a little bit monotonous. Then I'm like, let me add niching on top of it. Then I started helping people with niching. Then I'm like, I'm still hungry for more. So then suddenly I'm like, let me add an element of business coaching into it. And so even though I'm a storytelling and niche coach, people come to me sometimes to launch their first signature services so I say build the foundation and then you can always add and expand to it. Hmm. You can niche stack. Wow, niche
0: stack. Interesting concept. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, because that, that fear of not being able to serve a particular market, let's say. And as you evolve, yeah, it's so important when people actually get to know you For something because as you say you mentioned referrals and what I do find that once you pick a niche because a lot of people especially in coaching industry can be very uh, sometimes vague or not specific enough and then they never get referrals because they're just not specific enough and when you do become more specific I find that you will attract referrals, you'll have more speaking opportunities, you'll be asked for contribution. So there's a lot of benefits into actually just picking one thing that you become more known for and not worrying about it. And so talk to me about a niche stacking a little bit
1: yeah I literally just made the concept up last year <laughs> I'm sure others have talked about it, but basically I've worked with a lot of multi-passionate people and sometimes they're the niche themselves I'm sure like you are Raymonda like now that you've built this huge brand it's like Raymonda is known for all of these things like speaking whatever but a lot of these early people coming to me they're just like uh, I'm I'm an actress, I'm a producer, I'm a writer, I'm a content creator, I'm a social media expert, this and that. And I'm like, all right, well, for you, there's two scenarios in terms of niching. One is niche stacking, which I'll talk about. One is also just maybe you yourself are the niche. Maybe your lifestyle is what's gonna get people to you. If you look at Amanda Francis, which you which you know, I'm sure. Her thing is she's just like, I'm going to put whatever I want that represents, you know, and I want to show people what they could achieve, the lifestyle, and they'll gravitate towards me. But niche stacking is more so, I think it's very helpful for beginners where you choose one thing, like storytelling. You do many iterations of that thing. As you interview people one-on-one, you look at what other things you're accomplishing in those one-on-one sessions. When I was interviewing people to help them discover their story, I was like, wow, I can literally see you also helping this market. I can see you labeling yourself as X expert, you know? And so it became a scenario where they started off with the foundation, but then later on as they were expanding, they just added something else to their name, like trauma and healing, storytelling and niche, life and business coach, you know?
0: Yeah. So just evolving that and adding a specific, another bow to, to your yeah. Like Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Um, what other tips would you have to share with our audience today? Sure.
1: The second is market research, right? Like one of the reasons you can, your content can be noticed earlier on, even with just a fewer posts, if you just hit the nail on the head, you know, in terms of solving your client's pain points. So I would go into these Facebook groups, like coaching Facebook groups, and I would just hang around because I was certified as a life coach. So I was just hanging around that group. And I noticed so many people going there asking like, hey, does anyone here in this group help you with your story? Is there anyone here who helps people with their niche? And I was like, that's me. And so- because I saw that need in Facebook groups, I what I did I did market research calls in that Facebook group. I was like, "All right, guys, I'm giving um, X free coaching sessions to help you discover your story and your niche," and I really got to know what their pain points are, and then I solved those in content. That's
0: really good because that's how you actually position yourself as an expert. If you know, if you don't know your niche, but there are some. Problems that you constantly see within your clients or things that they are uh, challenged with, like their pain points. And then you go over and you solve them. So you kind of start to figure out what are the key patterns in that. Very interesting. Any other tips that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah. So, and obviously everything we've said till date is free. You don't have to, there's nothing extra that you have to pay besides, you know, looking at what you already have, what are people coming to you in regards to advice? Mm -hmm. Do market research in these Facebook groups. A lot of them are free. Um, As long as you don't sell, but give value, of course. And then three, I'm not going to give all my secrets away today, but number three is review all your past client feedback. Mm -hmm. What I did was I, I asked clients I don't pressure, but I'm like, if you'd want, I'd appreciate, you know, a small video testimonial to get to really learn your experience, hear it from your words. When I listen to those client testimonials, I look for patterns too in their words. One of the things that kept on coming up for me was like, she went through my story and figured out how I can help other people. And the help other people part kept on coming up again. So then I'm like, it's kind of like niching, you know, like niching is a specialty. How are you going to help other people? So when I kept on hearing that in these testimonials, I was like, all right, this just reconfirms my idea. So I was just going to say that, like, in this chase to get more clients, in this chase to sign clients, look at the people you already have. You know, they have so much value. Yeah,
0: and they already have that know, like, and trust factor with you. And if they have had good experience with you, they will be much more inclined to refer you to other people. And we're so often overlooked testimonials. Testimonials are really, it's like another part of your market research really to see, okay, now we've done the work. Next part is finding out where was the transformation. So again, you can keep evolving uh, and finding your true gems and the things that has You know, helped your clients
1: really. Absolutely. And online, I have to say, you know, it's easy to compare yourself to, right? On the day's business, you know, every business has ups and downs, but let's say you have a slow week, you kind of look at those testimonials and you just feel this big feeling of gratitude too. You're like, you know, sometimes it's not, if you were to get 50 people in one mini course versus you were to get more really high impact clients and hearing about their experiences mm-hmm. on a deeper, more profound transformation, that's just so amazing. And they're honestly your biggest marketers too. Like they're ambassadors for your brand. Yeah.
0: What do you see has been some of the biggest transformations for women who have been able to find their niche and their industry where they feel really aligned to. So after they have worked with you, what do you, what
1: do you see has been the biggest transformation for them? Confidence in identity and voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a woman who was on a different side of the political aisle compared to other people. And me as a journalist, you know, with that journalism background, I hold space for everyone. I truly believe in holding space for all. What you know, all thoughts. And what I want to do is even if I don't share the same opinion as you, like let's say something simple as posting content every day or whatever, right? I still encourage you to own your thought leadership. So with this woman who's a social seller, right? Like a network marketer, she was just like, Oh my God, my family, my family doesn't like me because I hold this opinion about, you know something health related that's happening in our time. And she, and then when you learn her story, you realize her daughter has this condition. So of course she is, ve- and she's had weird experiences with um, some health tools out there. And so the reason why she didn't do what everyone's doing during this pandemic time period is largely because of her own daughter's health condition. And so I encouraged her, I was like, you know what? I see your perspective and I think a lot of people don't understand why you're doing the things you're doing. So please use your voice. And since then I've seen her confidence skyrocket. She shows fun stories unapologetically saying that, you know, I have to stand by what I believe in because this is my daughter and whatever. And the funny, the funny thing is on a personal note, I may or may not believe what she's believing, but as a coach, I have to encourage her to own her own thought leadership yeah so that was very profound and just every single day like whenever I post something she's my biggest ambassador where she's just like you know you really you really allowed me to own my own business dreams and to share my voice right? that's
0: amazing yeah oh my god this connects so deeply because we we are afraid, again, is that judgment of other people, being afraid to stand in our truth because of our past experiences. Maybe people didn't relate to you or you're having to stand by for what you believe. And it can be a scary place. So it's really interesting that, you know, through encouraging someone to own their voice and own their niche and own their opinions, actually just elevated and given someone permission, although we we don't ever need to have permission to do what we want to do, but sometimes that concept of giving our clients the permission to go and do something empowers them and releases them from that fear of, okay, well, what's going to happen? So it's really, really interesting that you said that because I, I truly believe that. If we stand in our authentic truth, and we share our own perspective from our own experience, we're able to shift perspective in somebody else. And this is the the power of storytelling and going deep within ourselves and saying, "I'm not actually going to follow the herd. I'm standing in my truth."
1: Yes, I a hundred percent. And me seeing even other people. I've been able to stand in my truth by looking, by seeing other people own who they are. You know, before I was trying to do life coaching like everyone else, but my authentic truth was, you know, more of a writer's perspective, like a storyteller and then now niching. And I think I was following the herd mentality, but when I just really started owning who I was, I was like, all right, this is my thoughts about storytelling, about niching. Then, when I only had like twenty posts, someone really big just noticed me, and now she, she's a big like ambassador for me. That wouldn't have happened if I was just regurgitating life coaching content from a manual, you know?
0: Yeah, that's being unique and being not afraid to be unique. Because ultimately, you know, with storytelling, I'm sure the one common thing you realize is that everybody has a different story. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And just being able to embrace it, um, and just say, yeah, I am, I'm comfortable with that because so many people are afraid to own their voice and that's why they go
1: and perhaps copy other people. That never ends well because you just like, if you always try to copy someone, you're going to hit a block, you know, you're going to hit a block. Um, and it's just, I've been on both sides of the aisle. I was taking a lot of NLP content from manuals and I thought I was just doing the right thing by educating people, giving the proper credit. But in the beginning when I started, there was no originality there. Um, and then I hit a wall with my creativity. And when I was at dinner, a friend was like, oh, I thought... I thought you were doing this type of coaching, but now it seems you're doing that type of coaching. I was like, this is so embarrassing. No one even knows what I do either. So then I started over as storytelling, Um, but totally agree with your point.
0: It's going to be quite frustrating, isn't it? To try and find content. And I guess it's when we're too afraid to own our voice, Mm -hmm. that frustration sets in because... We think that somebody else is better than us, and we're not really standing in our power. But when we do, we're able to then actually just really speak for what we and stand for for what we believe in. And that is the way to become a thought leader. To as you say, you know, you have had the same experience of being recognized very early in the process because you just decided to own your voice and stand by by what you believe and who you are.
1: Definitely. And It's not it's not a picture perfect journey either, you know, but at least now that I have a strong understanding of my niche, I just feel more grounded, you know, just feel a little organized, if that makes sense. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I know our audience are going to hear much more from you
0: at the upcoming Women Thrive Summit coming up this March. So if you feel inspired by Dara's story and her tips today, and maybe you're still looking to find your own gem and be standing in your truth of your story and who you are and really step into the power of your particular niche, Then go over to Women Thrive Summit.com and register for the upcoming summit. Um, Book your ticket, be there because we have more than 30 amazing speakers who are going to be sharing their strategies, their stories, inspiring you, motivating you, and empowering you to be really more um, empowered, leader, entrepreneur, speaker, author, and achieve your goals. Um, I think 2022 is really about rising together and thriving in life and business. And I'm so honored to have you part of this journey, Dara.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been such a rewarding experience too. And to meet the other ladies.
0: Yeah, I have so enjoyed and I look forward to having panel discussions on the summit. There's so much we, we as women can relate on through our experiences and some of the issues that you highlighted today or some of the things we talked about, I see over and over again. And it's quite interesting to hear the testimony of your clients who, you know, even if it is controversial, even if it is different, just to stand in our truth and stand for what we believe in. That is true empowerment.
1: A hundred percent. And I hope that like, If there's one thing, at least with our discussion today that I can leave behind, it's just that everyone has an interesting story and everyone has a gift to offer this world. And sometimes you just need to dig a little deep and figure out what that is.
0: Yeah, and we're all unique. And that's what I I love about summits like this because we invite global speakers with different perspectives. And it doesn't mean we have to agree on the subjects. It doesn't mean that we have the same perspective because you're different. And by conversation, hearing your perspective, where you have, where you coming from, we better able to understand the world around us, people around us, connect and have compassion for everyone compassion doesn't matter what what, you know your background your story the things that you have had to overcome because some of the ladies have overcome some really tragic things but now they're able to speak from a place of empowerment as opposed to shame or fear and that's what I truly desire for every listener on this this episode right now to know that the things that you have gone through, the stories that you may feel ashamed of or the things that you think that you're not able to share, attend our summit and look at the stories that women are sharing on there and the experiences that they have had and just know that whatever you have gone through, there is so much power in you standing in your truth and sharing that story and identifying how you can impact this world with your magical gifts. So Dara, I think your session will be really, really valuable for our audience on the summit. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Ramonda. It'll definitely be a practical and I'll give you that. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this
0: podcast episode. Make sure you go over to womenthrivesummit.com to save your spot, share this, subscribe to our to our future episodes, and I look forward to seeing you all very soon. Take care for now.